You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your victory Monday edition of Locked On Browns. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked on Browns brought to you by Day In, Day Out by the Locked On Podcast Network. We do appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen each and every day. Uh, it means a ton to us, helps the show grow, grow and we're going to get into it. Uh, Victory Monday. Uh, whether it is whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, we're always free, always available. Uh, it's fun. Today was a fun one. Interesting game today. Definitely a different game today. As you know, uh, your post-game shows, which today is Victory Monday. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. A little bit different today. This is a game, I think everybody thought there was going to be some more points scored today. And it certainly didn't go that way. Uh, Browns gambled a little bit early, uh, found their way. Uh, I, I can't wait to get into this defensive effort from Joe Woods and, you know, some guys who were missing today, but just an overall effort. But, Pete, uh, 14-7, Browns take this one. Just This is like an NFL game that was an anomaly today. You don't get many finishes like this. You don't get where, you know, offenses were basically just, you know, put in the corner. Defenses, for the most part, took over. And this isn't the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is the Cleveland Browns podcast. So we'll start Joe Woods, the defense. Um, this last week, just, you know, a drubbing of the Bears. But, Pete, this week, this was just everybody working together, everybody working in unison, and just some guys just continuing to take, you know, the next step, the next steps as far as making this unit, which is – a bunch of talented players, but making it more of where it is now a group. And it's a group of 11, just a fantastic job by these guys today. Well, they, they, they made the Vikings one dimensional, which is kind of what I thought was going to happen. The Browns completely took Dalvin cook out of the game. He had 10 carries for or nine carries or something like that for 34 yards. He had a couple of receptions, but they forced Kirk cousins to, drop back and throw the ball constantly and making them predictable in that respect. They just eventually got home and got pressure. They got, were able to make plays on the, on passes. They were able to uh, dial up some creative blitzes. And and then the defensive line sort of took over after the Browns were able to sort of create the impression that there was always pressure. The offensive line and quarterback were constantly, uh, feeling the heat, throws were not coming out very accurately. They, you know, they were coming out quick. Uh, and ultimately, the Browns, after giving up the first drive score, which is the same as they did last week, they they shut it down. They held the Vikings scoreless for three and a half quarters, and most of the time it was pretty easy for them. Uh, it was just clean three three and outs or making a big play, getting off the field. But it wasn't one guy. Uh, who did it, it was everybody. Uh, you know, Jadevian Clowney had one, one tackle on the stat sheet, but he was dominant 
you got Tack McKinley to chime in. You got Denzel Ward, who had multiple hits on the quarterback, including half a sack. Uh, Greedy Williams comes up with a big pick. Uh, you know, all kinds of guys stepped up and made big plays and big moments. Yoni Taki continues to be sort of this guy that's just good when he's out there. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa continues to be uh, really good in his role. So, you know, it's it's becoming more and more difficult to sort of move the ball against the Browns, particularly when they are able to dictate what the offense is, is doing, which is what has happened. And, you know, you pointed out all the guys I have as far as, you know, my highlight players, you know, JOK, certainly Denzel Ward, whether it was blitzing or within coverage, uh, Greedy Williams. And this was going to be the interesting one. And, Pete, as much as, you know, he was a factor in coverage, I think the most important thing is, you know, Greedy Williams – the whole thing with him and where he's at as a player is, you know, the ability to handle contact. And that wasn't an issue today. You know, the interception, obviously, for anybody who deserves a really feel-good moment, it's certainly Grady Williams. Um, but the fact that he was able to get involved, get his nose dirty, get physical, and was still there standing at the end. I mean, this was the question that was going to be with Greedy, you know, as far as, you know, what the, you know, the issue was, the impingement the injury, whatever you want to call it. But this was the issue. But, I mean, he went out there today, and, look, he was not drafted by Andrew Barry in this current regime. He was certainly drafted by John Dorsey. But you saw what was there. And, you know, he was a very, very highly touted player back in the day. And it's been a real weird and curious, you know, tenure for him with the Browns. But today was, you know, like it's got to be like, oh, man, I'm really, really a part of this team moment. Well, look, he, he's extremely valuable uh, because he, his contract is basically for nothing as a former second-round pick with length and speed at corner. So, you know, they were never going to get rid of him or give up on him. It just never made sense. So now, you know, Newsom may be out a little longer than maybe he might have been based on this performance. And ultimately, you know, we'll see. But um, they may not feel that his need to rush him back if as they might have been uh before this game that doesn't mean greedy williams was you know unstoppable or anything like that he wasn't like a shutdown corner but he made a a huge play on the interception it wasn't just his coverage he came off another coverage to make the play on the ball uh and he just adds to the speed that the browns have on this unit i mean when you are able to have your defensive ends take away the perimeter whether it's play action or running the football uh and you're keeping the quarterback in the pocket who has to try to pick you apart it's a huge benefit to these defenders that only have to cover from one direction they're not worried about different angles uh the quarterback might be taking or rollouts or anything they're not worried as much nearly as much about run support they can focus on taking away the opposing receiver uh being in that predictable position allows them to be more effective just as it would for for anyone now, Pete, um, you know, we have talked about this player and you know, we kind of you know enjoy him, but we think he really, really fits the premise of the Joe Woods defense. That's getting Elijah Lee on the field more between that and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa um and Malcolm Smith. Um look, if I can get an athlete that has the opportunity to make a play a split second, a second faster than a player who is not athletic as him, I'm gonna get him on the field. And you saw it today, and this is just more of the you know, um, you know, maturation of this defense. Joe Woods' vision finally coming here. And I'm looking here because I'm waiting for all the Joe Woods, you know, bashing tweets. 
which I don't think are going to come today. So a lot of you all can just maybe kind of be quiet in that aspect. Uh, but Pete, just the speed of this defense. And look, you lost Ronnie Harrison again early. And this is where it's difficult with Ronnie Harrison. This happened last year, uh, whether it was the ejection week one or, you know, now today getting injured. It sucks. Um, but when you're in and out, but you found ways to circumnavigate that with you know, getting Elijah Lee on the field more, just faster. Malcolm Smith, as we know, you know, he's always been his you know calling card to being a very athletic, a very fast linebacker. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, I mean, everything is there as far as you know the pedigree of you know can you read and you can diagnose? Are you athletic enough? Are you willing to put your body on the line? But this all just transcends in to, you know, where this Browns defense, and this was the question. It was going to be what was going to be, you know, what was this linebacker unit going to be? When could they contribute? When could they bring it? But, you know, we know what the D-line can do. We know what the secondary can do. But this linebacker unit, and you get these guys out there who can just run around 100 million miles an hour, this is exactly what you're looking for. The Vikings are not the blueprint of what the Browns need to beat to get to the AFC Championship game. But you want to make sure what your vision is and what your thought process is on defense is going to translate against anybody you're playing. And it certainly showed again this week. Yeah. So unlike against the chiefs in week one, where Ronnie Harrison gets ejected and Grant Delpit is out in this game, they just moved right around to MJ Stewart and kept playing their defense uh, without issue. So uh, in that sense, you have multiple guys stepping up as depth, whether it's Elijah Lee whether it's Greedy Williams or MJ Stewart. I mean, they have backups on the field, essentially, and they're able to come in and not miss a beat, which is, you know, a good indication of where the Browns' talent is, the fact that they have enough talent overall to sort of, I wouldn't say cover for, but they don't fall off um, with, with any real downgrade, if, even if you think those guys qualify as that. I mean, Ronnie Harrison's a really good player. Um, has been playing outstanding so far this year. Um, you know, concussion situation, hopefully, you know, he's back soon and and healthy. Uh, they're going to, you know, obviously they're going to want him back as soon as possible because they have to go and play the Chargers next week on the road, which is no joke. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's where this thing comes down. You got big plays from guys who weren't necessarily the guys you expected to make big plays uh, this year. And, Meanwhile, you have a guy like uh, Takaris McKinley, who's now suddenly thriving in that role where all he all he uh, looking to do is run fast and chase down the quarterback. And he was able to produce a sack doing that because he's just so much faster than a lot of quarterbacks, particularly Kirk Cousins. And again, another big play that sort of knocked them uh, back, allowed them to get off the field and, and get the ball back. So, I mean, you know, and, and obviously the defense, you know, was, um, you know, beneficiary to a huge offensive pass interference call. Um, and I think for the most part, you know, it seemed like the calls kind of went the Browns way today, which, again, this is something we are not truly used to. Um, but, you know, you, you put out the effort. You, you play clean uh, now and then. You get the advantage. And the Browns did today. Um, you know, 14-7. It's not the prettiest. And as we talked after the Houston Texans, and about you know how beautiful it is, they all count the same. Um, and you got it out your first road win of the year against what was a difficult, difficult matchup as far as you know the familiar familiarity between the Vikings 
and the Browns, uh, obviously Coach Shimmer, Coach Stefanski. We're going to get to the offensive side of the ball here. Certainly some hiccups. I'm not sure if it's anything that we're long-term concerned about, but we'll get to all that as we continue. Victory Monday, Lockdown Browns, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app who everyone buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first time. Some people who drive a lot are making up as much to two to $300 a month in cash back. And there is no catch. The cash back gets added to your bank, to your account, or you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or a need gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. It is just that simple. And make yourself some money. We get to the offensive side of the ball here, Pete. And, you know, we talked about this in the pregame show where, you know, these two gentlemen obviously knew each other and knew each other very well. Um, the, offensively, both teams, it was very – it felt very, very vanilla. Like everybody had their, you know, nice drives to begin the game. You know, Vikings scored. Browns didn't on a fourth down gamble. I would have taken the points there. I know Pete loves to go for it. Um, granted, it didn't come back to bite the Browns in the yesterday. But you – after that, Pete, it was it, – it was – for both offenses, it was a struggle. And the Browns, the passing game never really got gelling like we were hoping. And, again, here it is, old faithful, you know, again, for the second week in a row, it was more of let's let Kareem, you know, go in, you know, rattle some teeth, lower some shoulders, get extra yards, and then Nick with that one-step, you know, decisive north-south as fast as possible. Again, but it doesn't matter. They won. But you wonder, Pete, whether or not it's the offense, it's the passing game. And I, I'm sorry, I, I do not want to dismiss Hollywood Higgins, who is huge today. But you wonder, Pete, is this just the fact that it, it's just so common between you know Stefanski and Zimmer? Or is there any pause? Is there any hesitation that the Browns offense this week really couldn't put together a you know, balance, complete effort as far as throwing and running? Um, look, I mean, Mike Zimmer had familiarity coming in. There was no surprise there. The Vikings um, have a good run defending team. Um, as we said in the pregame, their defensive tackles and linebackers are good. Their safeties are pretty good. Uh, they're better when they can have more of those guys on the field than anything else. I think the the, the Vikings corners played far better uh, today than they have in the past. And I thought we might see some of that given the fact that they played two of the more prolific offenses, which with the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks, which may have sort of helped to give a sort of a false read on them. Um, I do think the Browns need to do a better job of creating separation as receivers, guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and Anthony Schwartz and some of those guys. 
Um, they, I thought they had a good balance with their running pass, but they did not execute in the passing game. A lot of that was on Mayfield. I thought, you know, Daniel Hunter played every bit up to the ability that Daniel Hunter can. Um, he, he humbled Jack Conklin on multiple I- incidents. Uh, Jedrick Wills ultimately had to come out of the game with his ankle. Wyatt Teller has not been good in pass protection really ever. And it continues to be problematic. So there were a lot of things that sort of were not going well either, but it all comes down to number six, uh, whether his shoulder was hurt and there's a weird brace on it, or he was feeling pressure or receivers weren't getting open as much. There were any number of throws that were there and he didn't hit uh, often high his, his weight transition, getting uh, driving forward off his back foot, sailing passes high, you know, some of the decisions he made, like keeping the ball when Demetri Felton was wide open in the flat. Yep. Um, th- th- those just He should be better than that. And I think that's really the takeaway. It, you know, I know a lot of people were some, or I should say some people were calling to bench him. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the one thing I took away from this as bad as, as Mayfield was, uh, Stefanski never lost faith in him. He kept calling passes up until the end, the last play of the offense's game. They had a chance to you know, go for the jugular and take him out and they weren't able to execute, but I don't see it as any issue where the Browns are now unsure of Mayfield. I think it's more of a question of getting his shoulder right, whatever that means. And more than anything, getting his feet right, which has been a problem now two weeks in a row when it wasn't a problem in the first two weeks um, and just making better decisions with the football. I think in some respects, there are times where Mayfield is trying to do more than he should. And there are some times where he just has to hit passes that he's not. And unfortunately that bit them uh, in this game and gave the Vikings any number of shots who, who, you know, dropped safeties back to take away the deep ball and then dared the Browns to throw it, put the ball in Mayfield's hands. And he kept giving them opportunities to come back and win. Fortunately, the defense was good enough to shut them down. Uh, but that, Maybe what we're going to see for a little bit, which is just trying to shut down the Browns running game as much as possible, force Mayfield to beat them. If he gets right, they'll be fine and start blowing teams out. If he doesn't, then this is going to be a lingering problem. Uh, You you know, you're happy to come out with a win. uh, And this one, in spite of Mayfield, uh, the defense has been outstanding for eight quarters in a row. Um, And you're always going to take wins. You always would rather improve after wins, then have to figure out what's wrong after losses. It doesn't get any easier for the Browns the next couple of weeks. So they've got to fix it in a hurry. But, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to get back to that point where Mayfield is, is the quarterback you expect him to be. I don't, I don't question that. I don't question the offense in terms of what they're trying to do. There are plays to be made. There are things they can do to make things easier on everyone. Uh, but the biggest thing the Browns can do right now is get healthy and you know almost 200 yards in the rushing game between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh Pete was interesting though um you know and Jedrick Wills and look maybe this is the time where you need to say you know look at least a week and just tell them get off your feet uh we'll see where we're at 13 days from now um and obviously this would eliminate him from the Chargers game um but Blake Hans had been the guy. He was the one that was thought to be starting week two. 
if Jedrick Wills couldn't go. Uh, Blake Hance got a couple of reps last week against the Bears. But this week when Jedrick Wills couldn't finish, and again, maybe it's time where we realize we're not going to be able to manipulate this and nurse this to the bye week. But rookie James Hudson stepped in, uh, you know, a penalty, understandable, you know, I'm sorry, maybe not understandable, but, you know, jitters in that situation. Um, but the move was made. And I think for the most part, Pete, you know, pass blocking definitely, you know, it's a work in progress with him. Um, but as far as, you know, joining this offensive line, as far as the run blocking game, he seems like he's a, a really, really good fit to this unit where it's just, you know, we don't care. We'll get physical. We'll body you. Well, he did not do anything to get the Browns beat. So he's got that going for him. Um, unfortunately, the false start was brutal. It was the difference between fourth and one, fourth and six. Um, the difference between going for it and punting it. Um, but he is certainly better than he was in the preseason where he was, you know, objectively a disaster in there, particularly in pass protection. Uh, <laughs> but for the Browns, and obviously the question is, what has Jedward Girls done? If it's simply the same injury aggravated and that they ultimately had to keep him out, that's the best case scenario. Or if something worse has happened, that's obviously a bigger problem. Um, Chris Hubbard practiced this week, but then was ultimately ruled out. Obviously, I think that's where they want this thing to go if they can get it there. Uh, I, I certainly don't think the Browns want to ha have to roll out James Hudson against Joey Bosa. Uh, maybe that's why they ruled Chris Hubbard out this week is because they knew that was coming. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a disastrous situation coming if, if Jedrick Wills is really hurt like an extended amount of time and Chris Hubbard can't play. Yeah, I mean, it was tough to be in. Um, you sort of found a way to get, you know, forced touches to Odell. Um, but, Pete, I mean, it's never going to – it seems like something that they don't go to enough. They ignore it. And it's just – when in doubt, you know, you call the insurance company and it's, hey, Baker Mayfield to Rashard Higgins. It's simple. It's easy. It's comfortable. It works. Yeah, Richard Higgins just knows how to get open and find space and, and catch the ball. Um, he made three catches. They were all important plays. Uh, they set up one of them set up the one touchdown. One was the longest pass of the game. Um, so I mean, he he just is that guy who just continuously comes in and does things well in a, in a way that he he's that mo chain mover guy that they need. Um, I, I do think. There are receivers they can use more, certainly. I would like to see the tight ends get more involved. Obviously, Mayfield missed an open pass to Harrison Bryant for the second week in a row. Uh, I'd like to see more of Njoku involved because he's he's crushing it as a run blocker and is obviously extremely athletic. Um, you know, I think there is some element of you have so many playmakers that you get caught in play-calling ruts where you're just sort of focused on getting the ball to one player or one concept or whatever it is. And you have to sort of fight to break out of that. I thought the opening script was really good on that front because they, they threw so many different concepts at the Vikings and really sort of left them unable to get really any kind of bead on what the Browns were doing. And then they things sort of settled down and they got more comfortable. I'm still all for going right on fourth down. I just wish they would do it better. Um, you know, fourth and four is more than makeable. Obviously the Browns 
you know, lost hidden yardage because between a 57-yard punt from the Vikings and then a 33-yard punt from uh, the Browns, they made up 24 yards, but ultimately the Browns did uh, get that touchdown in no small part because Kareem Hunt was outstanding in, again, using him sort of as a fully realized player. Uh, that was an important part of this uh, the screen game, some uh, passes to him and then just running the ball. I, I continue. I, I think that's something that they may have gotten away from, whether that whether the Vikings really made an adjustment to that using like a corner or something. Uh, but that's where I get a little concerned with play calling ruts where you sort of forget things that are working uh, and don't go back to them. That potentially could be a problem. Maybe it isn't, but that's the burden of having so many weapons on offense is you have to find a way to, to get them all maximized, which is easier said than done. And then when your offense is not performing well um, and, and forced to punt quite a bit, it's difficult to get any kind of flow going. So I, I don't, worry about the offense but i do see where you have concerns and it's interesting that all of a sudden after last year where the defense was the problem all of a sudden the defense is lights out right right for this past two games and now the offense is where we're finding issues yeah it's certainly sort of a, this a team peaking right peaking too early they have to sort of figure it out and grow and, and 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 get better and again i think a lot of this comes down to get healthy and they're better but at least for right now they have to work through it and find ways to win it's certainly a tad bit of irony um, where we're at uh, on the defensive side of the ball as opposed to the offense. And, you know, from the post-game presser from Baker Mayfield himself, that piss-poor piss performance by me isn't going to cut it. I've got to get better. It's just that simple. Um, you know, Baker understands with the running game that he has, the opportunities are going to be less than some other quarterbacks in this league. And, of course, you know, you want to be tuned in and, you know, dialed in on the opportunities you get. Um, but look, it, it didn't hamper the Browns today, three and one. They will, you know, through victory Monday, they will remain in first place in the AFC North. Um, and some work to be done, sure. Um, and that's okay. But, you know, you would have you know liked this to be a tad bit more, you know, tighter, cleaner. Um, and so again, probably could have been a, a you know, 24-7 game. But we'll leave that for another day. Uh, we're going to get going on here. We've got some general uh, you know, last-minute thoughts here from Pete Smith, from myself here. Uh, as we continue, I appreciate everybody. Lockdown Browns, you have first listen every day. Um, whatever your podcast platform is, free, forever, Locked on Browns. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So stop waiting around and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, that is DirecTV. Dot com. The Built Bar Protein Bars are the best tasting protein bar ever. This week, the limited time flavor is the cookie dough chunk. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorites. If you do not know the Built Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. 
If you haven't tried all the flavors by now, you can get a mix box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 grams, 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 off your first order at BiltBar.com. Pete, for the second week in a row, um, this is one where the Browns kind of had to say, maybe we'll manipulate the running back situation. You know, it was not going well for Nick early. Kareem, and again, to his credit, it's just such a you know, give up your body. Um, fight for every yard, every inch, every half yard, tooth and nail. Wasn't involved in it as much in the passing game this week as he was, you know, last week. But you know, loosened up, you know, the Vikings defense. Nick ended up being the better rusher today, over 100 yards. But it, for having this type of situation where you have these two guys, and it seems weird when you talk about and you hear it on broadcast, oh, they complement each other so well. Da, da, da. Their styles are pretty different. They truly are. But the fact that you can find a way to say, hey, it's not his day, you know, right away, or it's, you know, it's not his day, or, you know, finding out what the correct mix is. But for the second week in a row, Coach Stefanski, Coach Van Pelt, found a way to make it work offensively, where maybe it was Kareem earlier, and then it's led up to, you know, softening things up where Nick's so decisive, so quick, so north and south, and, you know, obviously spinning through, you know, beating tackles just like Kareem. But it's just a beautiful, beautiful situation to be in when you could just basically say, my passing game isn't really where we want it today, but I have these two stinking studs, these two horses behind the quarterback, and I'll just lean on this. Look, the uh, Browns running game uh, clunky would be the word I would use for it. Um, the the Vikings, again, the, the strength of their defense is the fact they have legitimately two nose tackles in there in Dalvin Tomlinson and, um, Pierce. and, and Michael Pierce. And, and unfortunately for the Vikings, Michael Pierce left uh, with an injury. But that's what the Vikings are. I mean, they're they're having Daniel Hunter on the edge is such a huge advantage for them. But they are happy to take you on up the middle, and that's why you saw, I, I guess, unwelcome play calling down in the red zone where the Vikings had like ten in the box and the Browns like threw it because that is what the Vikings do really well. So, uh, you know, the the last two games you've gotten sort of a, a yeoman's work at the running back position in, in part because of the offensive line uh, not playing as well as they can. Um, you know, Wyatt Teller has not been the Wyatt Teller from last year to this point, which is a little frustrating. Obviously, Jared Wells uh, hampered is not helpful, but the Browns aren't just lining up and saying, try and stop us at this point. They ultimately had to get to that to score uh, their only touchdown of this game. But the fact is you can run the ball. Uh, you know, they, I think 
if the Browns were healthier and better up front, they could have simply run the ball to get a first down in the last uh, quarter and ended the game that way. But they weren't winning like they have been up front to this point. So that's that's one of the issues that that I think the Browns are certainly looking at and saying, how do we get back to being that good? Um, which is a combination of factors, but the Browns have a one, you know, have two different options um, that they can do run that are, that are completely different for one another in terms of how they run, but they find a way to get yardage. They find a way to at least set themselves up to get points. Even if it's not touchdowns in this case, a pair of field goals were big for them. I mean, they ran a, a 33 yard draw on a play. Everybody in the stadium knew was coming and that yep. set up, field goal to go up 11 to seven for the half, which is a massive play. Well, but they st- Brent- they literally stole those last four points between the two point play between the field goal. And as clunky as that first half looked, I mean, you walked out of there 11, seven, getting the ball. It was like, I mean, it was literally almost like a Houdini act. Yeah. I mean, look that the Viking, like if the Vikings are going to come back and go, where did, you know, where did we sort of lose the game on defense? It was, Giving the Browns the ability to go for two, and then giving up that play. the timeout penalty. <laughs> yeah, and and then the the giving up the field goal before the end of the half. I mean, we 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 talk about that in terms of how how effective Stefanski has been and how bad previous coaching staffs were. They were consistently losing on that uh, on that aspect of the game. The Browns basically pull a field goal. Uh, they stood up first. And then, you know, they get the ball coming out of the half, have an opportunity to really take control of the game. Unfortunately, didn't do it the way you would have liked. But still, those three points were massive. It allowed the Browns to be up four and then seven at the end of the game, forcing the Vikings to have to go for a touchdown. And ultimately, that was the difference in the game because the Vikings could not get back into the end zone. But, yeah, I think think the offense in general is just off a little bit. And that's – not terribly surprising given the fact that one, they're dealing with injuries and two teams have seen them play for a year. They're not as much of a surprise, which doesn't mean they won't figure it out and ultimately come back and be better. That's where they have to go, but it's not terribly surprising. They've gotten this point where they've needed a lift from the defense and the one they didn't get last year, last year, if the offense didn't play well or Baker Mayfield didn't play well, they lost. That was just simply how it went as was the case against teams like the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier this year, this would have been one of those games in a, in in a traditional, in a traditional game from last year. Whereas this game, the defense is outstanding. They take out the bears and the Vikings and get the Browns a win. Maybe they don't deserve, but they're not going to give back. And if this is a question of whether or not it's 1380 or the two of them or neither of them, uh, we got plenty of time to work this out. Um, At the end of the day, the Browns three and one. They are in first place in the AFC North. Uh, we'll see where you know Baltimore ends up today. Steelers can't catch them, as we all know. The Bengals are, you know, after a, a thrilling, you know, and pound your chest moment over beating the Urban Meyer-led Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. I'm not worried. Um, could things be tighter? Could things be better? 100. percent But they are pounding out wins now, and you know, you need to beat the teams that you were better than, and that is what they're doing. Cleanliness, betterness, overall better quality on the offensive side of the ball through the passing game. 
yeah, it's something we'd like to see. Uh, so, you know, but we'll give it its time. And until it's truly an issue and the Browns are not winning games because of it, that's when we will pay it the onus that maybe it deserves. Browns Digest, sportsillustrated.com, Pete and the team over there are doing a fantastic job. Uh, obviously, you'll get a tremendous amount of killer content this week as the Browns now, 3-1, and one, uh, winning three straight. So make sure you're checking it all, all out on SI.com. Uh, the podcast, uh, you know, through Browns Digest, the For Pete's Sake podcast, Pete and Nicole always do a fantastic job. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore um, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. We appreciate you for being our first listen every day. Whatever podcast platform you use, we will be free. We will always be free. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Follow, uh, throw a follow over there. Questions, ideas. You just want to talk Browns. You don't want to go to the timeline. That's fine. I truly get it. I truly understand. Your Cleveland Browns are three and one. They are first place in the AFC North. Big one next week. Los Angeles Chargers. Um, let's enjoy the moment. Let's enjoy victory Monday. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>